this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Luminaries with David Odyssey. This time, it's the astrology of the one and only Brittany Murphy with very special guest, Minnie Horowitz. But first, thoughts on Demons in the City, The End of the Retrogrades, Halloween, the movie, the holiday, the concept, hags in media, including Jamie Lee Curtis, James Bond, Dune, Scream, murder documentaries, and much, much more. Thanks for listening. See you on the other side. Okay, the retrogrades, mostly, you know, besides Uranus and Neptune, are over. Hello and welcome to America. Um, you know, semi-smooth sailing from here. I'm recording on the full moon in Aries, uh, which I'm quite grateful for. You know, frankly, I spent most of the summer in something of a miasma, um, kind of a a blur. And I do feel a surge of momentum. And, you know, you got to give it up to Aries. They are very good at initiating. So today's episode is... Uh, the Astrology of Brittany Murphy, which I do with very special guest star Minnie Horowitz. Um, before that, we have so much business to discuss, and we're going to get into it to begin. And Minnie and I get into this, but I just want to say something. There is only one kind of documentary I watch, and that is a documentary about an esteemed older actress looking back on her career. So we're talking, right? Jane Fonda, Joan Rivers, Elaine Stritch, um, obviously the Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds, uh, you know, two-in-one, Tina Turner. We'll get a Whoopi Goldberg documentary in the next 10 years. I grew up in a family that was embroiled in public scandal, and I do not watch documentaries about murders and I don't watch these documentaries about con artists or scheme. You know, I, honestly, I have been gaslit enough for one lifetime. And I know that maybe people who have been gaslit, it's like they like to watch these movies about scammers. I'm good. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is that I think that now that these streaming sites have to crank out more documentaries to keep people happy, most of them are bad. 
you know, a lot of these, Brit- and by the way, Britney Spears will agree with me on this. Apparently anyone can be in a documentary now. Anyone can be an expert. There used to be a time where the only people allowed in a documentary were this famous person's best friend in childhood, who's now gay, or um, their co-star on their CBS sitcom for 12 years. That's it. Apparently now any loser can be on a documentary. And I just want to say something. If you see me as a talking head on a documentary in the next five years, don't watch it. And, um, you know, please come for me because I should not be, I'm not an expert in anything. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, so this Brittany Murphy documentary really, really, I found it very upsetting. I found it very morbid. It took a lot of bizarre turns where they try to make it more of an exciting murder mystery than it is. It is a captivating story and I'm glad it's being told. And like I say, you know, this will lead to a big reclamation for her, but they're getting into like, the twists and turns with the toxicology report. And then, you know, Minnie and I talk about this. They bring on the clips of these YouTube fans. And it's like, I just want to say something here. I'm a fixed sign. I'm a Taurus. I'm an Aquarius rising. Uh, you know, I celebrate my fellow fixed sign Fran Lebowitz. Not everyone does deserve a voice. I know that's really hard to take. I think everyone deserves to shine. Everyone deserves to find their grace and their talent and their special thing that is their unique contribution to the world. And I do agree with Sylvester. Everybody is a star and you only happen once. I don't think that everybody gets to be an authority on the same small portion of subject matter. And I actually do think that some people, when it comes to, let's say, uh, dissecting, dissecting Hollywood for women in the 2000s, some people might be more qualified or more aware than others. It's just at the point, and this happened with the Britney documentary, I was like, some of these people, I was like, were you even there? Were you even alive? All right. Speaking, thank you. Thank you, everyone. You know, please hold the applause. So uh, speaking of documentaries, I have a theory that I want to share. As we know, Scream 5 is coming out in January. I have been following every detail since filming began in 2020. I am refusing to watch any trailers because I don't want anything to be spoiled for me. But um, if I were to write Scream 5... I can tell you it would be about this trend of murder documentaries and these murder celebrities, you know, the Luca Guadagnino, uh, not Luca Guadagnino, Luca Magnata, um, the whoever the fuck from the jinx. I, I really couldn't care less. OK, so I'm I'm my idea for Scream 5 would be that it would be about these murder documentaries. Um, I want to say that, you know, during retrograde, I watched Scream 1, then I watched Scream 1 again, then I watched Scream 2, I'd already watched Scream 3 over the summer, and then I watched Scream 4. The Scream films, in my opinion, are untouchable, they're masterpieces, they're yet to make a bad one. I think Scream 4 has some messiness, but I think that the way that it starts and the way that it ends makes it so worth it. Um, God, Scream 2 is fucking good. 
Courtney Cox really, you know, she gets credit. And by the way, she's richer than Roosevelt. But Gail Weathers, oof, okay. Rewatching Scream 4 gave me, you know, we have to appreciate Emma Roberts' performance. I do want to say I appreciate Hayden Panettiere's performance. I think Hayden Panettiere gives one of a franchise peak performance. And I wish they hadn't killed her character off. Sorry if that's a spoiler, but it's been 11 years. Okay. I think Emma Roberts, you know, it was interesting with Emma Roberts because she clearly struggles with being typecast as a, like, as a mean girl. And even when she was on Drag Race All-Stars this year, I was like, why are you wearing, like, a floral blouse? And, like, she was acting very kind of placid, which is fine. She's, you know, I don't know her. But she's very good at what she does. And I want to read this quote from Scream 4, okay? Sydney says to her, you know, you'll do anything. You'll even hurt your friends. And then she goes, my friends? What world are you living in? I don't need friends. I need fans. Don't you get it? This has never been about killing you. It's about becoming you. I mean, for fuck's sake, my own mother had to die. No great loss there. So I could stay true to the original. That's sick, right? Well, sick is the new sane. You had your 15 minutes. Now I want mine. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Go to college? Grad school? Work? Look around. We all live in public now. We're all on the internet. How do you think people become famous anymore? You don't have to achieve anything. You just gotta have fucked up shit happen to you. So you have to die, Sid. Those are the rules. New movie, new franchise. There's only room for one lead, and let's face it, your ingenue days, they're over. You know, as always, the Scream films kind of speak to and predict the culture. And I just, I I do hope that Scream 5 is able to carry on that tradition because I do think we are at a, a turning point. Um... Nev Campbell is on the Lincoln Lawyer show. Okay, I don't care. Um, all right. In terms of Halloween, I'm feeling really ambivalent. You know, I don't like to be told that, you know, I need to wear a, a costume on a certain day. Leave me alone. Um, and I'm also just at this point of what does emotional sobriety mean for me? How do I define that? What makes me feel safe? And it's tricky with nightlife because nightlife is this place of danger, dissociation, and devastation. But it's also the place where, like, my biggest awakenings have happened. You know, I've died, as I always say, I've died a thousand times on the dance floor. So I don't want to be a shut-in, but I do want to feel safe. And I want to feel safe, but I also want to have a sense of possibility and um anything can happen you know what i mean so it's very hard to do that in a um <laughs> when linux is running the show and if you know who i'm talking about you know who i'm talking about what is this note hocus pocus is trash yeah hocus pocus is bad and let's just say that here um I think it's okay to be nostalgic for things that meant something new as a child but you do have to admit when they don't hold up okay there's a reason why I'm holding up Scream and not I Know What You Did Last Summer. I Know What You Did Last Summer is um, a moment. It's not good. Scream movies are good. Hocus Pocus is bad. Um, I just had to write an article about the history of black cats, and it's like, uh, this is not good. 
speaking of, I, I do want to say, you know, the most important black cat is probably, I mean, cat from Coraline is important, but Gigi from Kiki's Delivery Service is probably the black cat who changed the game for black cats. I don't think they were considered cute before that. They were just considered cursed. Um, in terms of demonology, you know, I know I've been complaining for the better part of a year now, but nowhere is safe. Um, I was in the East Village last weekend and it, it's gone. Uh, we've lost it. And I want to say there's a specific new rise of demons because, you know, we believe during the pandemic and the quarantine that the demons, uh, that a lot of the straight demons and straight couples had left the city. We were wrong. Um, something new has emerged. And I know that with the airing of And Just Like That come December, um, a new generation will come to the village and lay waste. There's a lot of straight people. And by straight people... I want to point out, I'm seeing a lot of groups of straight men, which is very rare. Um, you know, straight men don't really know how to speak. And when they have to speak to one another, it's usually nonverbal. And, you know, the reason why romantic comedies have been uh, failing for so many years now is because the idea that a straight guy would be playing basketball with his best friends, his ethnically diverse group of best, you know, the idea that Zac Efron and Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan would be best friends talking about love while playing basketball or whatever, because uh, that's what straight guys do, you know, who live in the city and have their own apartments and are like unbelievably affluent. You know, it just never really worked. Apparently, they've taken it back because I'm seeing them. They're sitting at hookah bars. They're going on walks together. What do they talk about? Um... You know, I took the A train. We know that the A train is the most um, accursed of the subway lines. Uh, classically, the A train will always remind me of the Jennifer Lawrence film Mother, uh, specifically the last 25 minutes in which <laughs> there's, you know, some explosions involving Kristen Wiig. Um, I was on the A train on Friday. There was, you know, I saw... Um, packed shopping bags from the Harry Potter store. I saw a woman doing tapping exercises and affirmations out loud. We had back to back, which is to say one Jesus preacher got on, gets off, another comes on. Um, you know, I was trying to do my crossword puzzles. <sighs> okay. By the way, everything is fine. Life is great. I don't want this podcast to be negative. I'm just re kind of reporting from the front here. Um, I do want to say, as hard as uh, this Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto retrograde was, which is now finally over, as much of a gulag of the soul it was, I want to say that this is the most beautiful autumn and the most beautiful weather I've ever experienced in New York. It was a shit summer, but every single day has been, honestly, of October so far. And, I, you know, I'm spitting at the evil eye. Toy, 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 I hope I don't curse this. On Sunday, I saw a rainbow in Brooklyn. Can you imagine? So I am actually feeling like New York is beautiful, but um, that beauty is being um, devoured by by demons um so no i don't watch succession 
I'm just going to answer your question right there. I don't watch success succession. I tried, I found it depressing. And I just want to say something. I am a Taurus and I have a moon in Venus, a moon in Libra. Venus means a lot to me. And I have to say that, you know, it's not a bad thing to like beautiful things that are beautiful. Okay. I like the crown. I like the new James Bond movie. I don't want to watch gray people in a gray room. I want to watch beautiful people on a beautiful mountain. Okay. I, 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 it's grim. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm allowed to say this. All right. Speaking of James Bond, I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it much more than Spectre, which was um, a very lovely to look at um, piece of crap. This I did enjoy. You know, it was too long and it was a little dreary. Certainly the high point of the movie was Ana de Armas, who's an actress I knew nothing about. She was fabulous. Total joie de vivre. Um, You know, Lashana Lynch was great, too. She can do no wrong. I I felt like the character they gave her was a little bit of like a spoil sport. And I wanted the only scene where they let her have fun is when she's wearing those chic sunglasses. The issue for me is uh, Lea Seydoux. Um, Lea Seydoux, I think, is one of the most beautiful women on planet Earth. She is the kind of supreme French beauty. They make her... I, I don't think they understood who they were writing for. Lea Seydoux should be a sphinx. She should be a little bit, like, brittle and difficult. You know, if you're going to be in this big-budget movie and you're going to be the French girl, be the French girl. They made her a little bit too dependent on James and a little bit too reactive to James. And I wish that they could have let her fill that space more because you know she could and I, I just wish it had been written for her. Um, I did not find Rami Malek insufferable, which is shocking for me. So I just want to say, you know, people can change. And by people, I mean me. He's probably fine. Um, I never saw the Freddie Mercury movie, by the way. I just hate people who liked it. Does that make sense? I hated being on the plane watching other people watch the Freddie Mercury movie. Does that make sense? Um, Freddie Mercury, you know, left a lot of stipulations in his will for his cats. So we got to celebrate him. That's a Virgo for you. Um, Superboy, kind of Superman, whatever. It's Clark and Lois's son. You know, I don't support this whole like suburban Lois Lane thing. I think that's bullshit. But their son is bisexual, which is fabulous. Robin Tim Drake just came out as bisexual. I think they're probably going to date. I would love to write that. Hello, DC. But, um, you know, I got to tell you, these Marvel movies, these Marvel comics better keep up because, you know, DC is really putting some some fag content out and they're putting out some hot boys. Um, I think that Eternals movie does not look good, but, you know. We will see. I'm really excited about Dune. Um, if anyone needs something to trip out to or listen to, the Dune soundtrack and the Dune sketchbook are both on Spotify and they're fabulous. You know, I don't need to get into this more. You can read my nylon piece about Dune astrology, but I obviously think Timothée and Zendaya are the only true movie stars of the age. So I think this is a big moment. Um, 
I... Okay, I just watched... I just watched um, Breakfast on Pluto. My roommate and I rewatched the Netflix documentary Disclosure, which is incredible, and they showed a clip from Breakfast on Pluto when they're talking about male actors winning Oscars for playing trans characters. My roommate and I have decided Breakfast on Pluto is a fabulous film. It's on Amazon Prime. It's free. Killian Murphy is not really a man. And any role where Killian Murphy has kind of had to play like a romantic male lead, even in that movie Anna, where it's about like the Russian spy who's also a supermodel, it's not really been convincing. Killian Murphy is like post gender, so I'm okay with him playing a trans woman. I'm not saying everyone needs to be okay with that. I'm just saying like men aren't that beautiful. Like Killian Murphy is shocking. And by the way, I think the Scarecrow, Scarecrow is kind of a drag performance, anyways, in the Batman movies. Um, you know, there's been, I've, I I was going to talk a lot about why the last man, because it's my favorite show and Amber Tamblyn is giving the performance of her life, but it got canceled, which is really sad. And it just makes me feel like I'm 17 and, and pushing daisies is getting canceled again. It's kind of, I don't know. It just takes me back to like that Veronica Mars feeling it's really sad because like the show is profound and you could tell that they're just getting started. And the way that why the last man works is that they, it shows the disillusionment and and the crumbling of male institutions. And then we awaken to the possibility of new women led institutions. And we're not going to get to see that, which is really disappointing. Obviously Missy Pyle is giving the performance of her life. You know, I, I guess I just get when ratings for a show aren't great. I'm always confused because who is watching The Walking Dead and who is watching the, uh, the Umbrella Academy? You know, but then you hear about like the scandal with Dave Chappelle. I think people don't realize like, and I think this is what I don't realize. The, the Jewish boys that I was in middle school with, the straight boys who were obsessed with Chappelle's show have not changed since that show aired in 2003. They are the same people. They have not gone through any crises of metamorphosis. There's been no reckoning, no ego death. So then when Dave Chappelle is doing these specials and 300 trillion men are watching, it's like, oh, right. There is a world that has moved on and there is a world that has not. And, you know, this is a big issue that I have with that whole thing about, like, well, 51% of, of white women voted for Trump or whatever is like, yes, we, that is a reckoning, but the reckoning is really the fact that in polls in 2020, men who voted for Trump showed no real indication that they would do anything differently. Men are not asked to change. Sorry, there's ambulances behind me. Um, yikes. Okay. There is no male reckoning in our culture. And I actually think Why the Last Man was a story about that, about women building something new and then men having to change. And now we're not getting that. So, you know, and the other thing is I just watched that. And again, here we go about talk about documentaries that aren't great. I watched a Netflix documentary about it's basically about the Gina Davis Foundation for Women in Film. You know Gina Davis is one of the great Aquarians. 
she's a genius done great work the documentary is good and like the women it interviews it's really interesting but someone i don't want to miss miscredit i it might be meryl street but i actually don't think it's meryl i'm i'm not sure who says it they're like we just want to be included and i actually like don't i think that's missing the point if women had parody in film the film industry would be different if queer people or trans people or any minority had parody the world would be different because the institution would then be rebuilt on different power dynamics so i just want to say like i always get a little i don't like language of inclusivity it's it's to me it's one step away from language of tolerance yeah if there is um, a redistribution of power, it will lead to a revolution. And also, if women got parity in the film industry, the film industry would be better and it would be changed. It would be run completely different. That's what's going to happen. We want that. I don't think... I think it's a bit of like a ruse, though, to say like, we just want to play ball. And, you know, there's a part where they're talking about like how there needs to be more women executives. And it's like... There needs to be more women executives, but we also need to question what an executive is. What 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 are these roles that we're that we want parity for? Maybe these roles need to not exist. Maybe there shouldn't be women working in hedge funds because maybe there shouldn't be hedge funds. Is this anything? I I also I want to read something because so the Scorpio piece I wrote for Nylon is out, but frankly I had to cut like two-thirds of it because Scorpio's, you know, I couldn't really get into Winona Ryder. I couldn't get into Jimmy Moore. There was so much I wanted to say that I couldn't even get into. But um, I, I do... Alan Moore is really big and, you know, I resent people who uh, read Watchmen and that's the only comic book they've ever read and they deign to stoop to my level and read a comic book and, like... You know, thank you for your um, outstanding intellectualism, but he is, his work is so beautiful, you know, beyond Watchmen. Um, Swamp Thing is like one of the most profound things I've ever read. And Swamp Thing is, of course, really about, Swamp Thing is a trans narrative. It's about death and metamorphosis. And Alan Moore um, of course, you know, I actually love the V for Vendetta movie. He hated it. But after V for Vendetta, he said, take my name off of everything. And I don't want credit for any film or TV ad- adaptations that get made. Give it to the artist. I don't care. And I was just reading this interview with him. And I mean, I, I just want to read this because this is so incredible when we're talking about money. Um, You've always refused to put your name to film adaptations of your work. I know this is going to be hard to put a figure on, but how much money do you think you've turned down for taking a moral standpoint on this? Well, they asked me if they could give me a huge amount of money to bring out these Watchmen prequel comics, which they were going to do anyway, and that was probably a couple of million dollars. I should imagine with all of the films, it would be another few million. And by the way, this was done before the Watchmen TV show, so it's even more than that. In a way, it's really empowering to do that, he says. You can't buy that kind of empowerment. To just know that as far as you are aware, you have not got a price, that there is not an amount of money large enough to make you compromise even a tiny bit of principle that, as it turned out, would make no practical difference anyway. I'd advise everyone to do it. Otherwise, you're going to end up mastered by money, and that's not a thing you want ruling your life. 
Money is fine if it enables you to enjoy your life and to be useful to other people. But as something that is a means to an end, no, it's useless. Okay. Right? Like, right? Um, that just like, fuck. I don't know why. I, I, I guess I'm going through, it just really, the metamorphosis I'm going through and I've been coming into contact with my inner fury, my inner bacante, um, my inner kind of savage, my inner, um, the sides in my underworld, which are not seen on the people pleasing surface. And it's been very liberating. I saw the new Halloween movie, which you know, no one would accuse that of being a good movie, but it was very cathartic. And, you know, I don't care about Housewives. I thought Kyle Richards was very good. I thought the whole thing with, um, what's his name from, from the John Hughes movies. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, oh God, what is his name? Um, the one from the dead zone. What is his name? Not Andrew Dice Clay. Um, Anthony Michael Hall. He has a really big part in the new Halloween that does nothing for nobody. But the hag imagery, uh, the, the hag archetype is really doing a lot for me right now. Naturally, I celebrate Jamie Lee Curtis in that wig. Um... And, you know, the kind of Linda Hamilton, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the, the the Mad Max, the hags in the desert. Love it, love it, love it. Um, you know, supporting my hag awakening, I'm now reading The House of Names by Calm Tobin, which is fabulous. It's all about Clytemnestra, who, of course, uh, killed her husband Agamemnon uh, because he sacrificed their daughter Iphigenia. But I also read an Elena Ferrante book I'd never read before. As you know, I'm a huge fan of my brilliant friend. Um, I had never read um, The Days of Abandonment. So I just wanted to read this quote from The Days of Days of Abandonment is harrowing uh, a woman who's, you know, uh, jilted by her husband and who basically has this total downfall awakening. And at the end, you know, he leaves her because he says he's going through a void and he's lonely, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, you know, she finds out, oh, he just was having an affair the whole time and he's with another woman and kind of fuck him. At the end, he he comes up to her and he says, um, is it true that you don't love me anymore? Yes. Why? Because I lied to you? Because I left you? Because I humiliated you? And then she says, no. Just when I felt deceived, abandoned, humiliated, I loved you very much. I wanted you more than in any other moment of our life together. And then, I don't love you anymore because to justify yourself, you said that you had fallen into a void, an absence of self, and it wasn't true. It was. No. Now I know what an absence of sense is and what happens if you manage to get back to the surface from it. You, you don't know. At most, you glance down. You got frightening. And you plugged up that hole with someone else's body. Uh, you know, after a lifetime of, uh, we were talking in therapy about how when you're gaslit, it often takes two to tango. I am kind of wanting to reclaim this Ferrante hag energy of just like, 
I've actually gone the distance of suffering. Have you? And if not, like, I'm not going to feel sorry for you anymore. Um, so, you know, what's not to love? Okay. Thank you for, you know, going through that journey. I do want to say the two most important things that I really should have brought up, which I didn't, are this. First, Kiko Soare and I, on Tuesday, October 26th, we have our live show at the Duplex. It's called Mystique. It's completely deranged. Um, It's going to be really, really special and epochal and beautiful, and we've written a really wild show. The guests are really special. Many of them are former um, guests on this show, The Luminaries, and I would just say uh, it will sell out. If you're in New York, please come. Uh, Tickets are on the Duplex site, on the David Odyssey Instagram, etc. What's more, I am doing my first ever astrology course. This is for Tuesdays in November. Uh, You know, we're not going to be doing Thanksgiving week. I am doing a Zoom one-hour four-part course. Um, And it is all about signs and houses and how to read your chart. So I'm going to be teaching you chart fluency. So if you've gotten a reading from me, if you like the podcast, um, we have a few spaces left. And um, it's already actually, we have a lot of lovely people who are listeners to the pod who have signed up. It's going to be really great. I'm really excited about it. And I've, uh, it's, it's awakening my my mind and my dreams in an all new way. So I, I hope you can join. Um, that is, you know, please email me or DM me. That's also on the David Odyssey Instagram. I'm figuring out how to get all this on the site, but please, please, please reach out. Um, because there's still a few spots open now, um, onto our guest. This is one of my favorite drag performers in New York. She's a legend. She once performed at my 29th birthday party and she did a Barbara Streisand number. This is me and Minnie Horowitz talking about the one and only Brittany Murphy. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, um, I am delighted to have um, one of my favorite performers in New York here with me to do a very special edition. Uh, She had pitched that we do a Brittany Murphy episode in August, and I am grateful that I'm taking her up on it finally. Um, With me is the one and only Minnie Horowitz. Welcome. Hello, gorgeous. How are you doing? So uh, I uh, look, I, I want to know your thoughts about the documentary because I just watched it and I am, I have a lot to say, but I want to know your thoughts about the documentary. Right? Yeah, I think we watched it at the same exact time too. Like yes. You, and I was like, oh my God, I'm watching it right now with my dad. It's like, this is, it's awful. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I just, I don't know. I was waiting for like a documentary that like 
painted a better picture because I know the story is so sad already like it's already such a sad I feel like typical Hollywood story that like yes. just happened happened to happen to the best person in the early 2000s um, yeah I, I just feel like it was very typical HBO like you know they uh, the the most ridiculous thing I have to say in the documentary was the like inserted YouTube like makeup tutorials of like little girls doing their makeup but like talking about true crime. Right. I was livid. Those like my the pretty much the only documentary I watch are documentaries about women in Hollywood. So like. Yeah. The Jane Fonda documentary, the Joan Rivers documentary, the Tina Turner documentary. Like, it's such, it's hard to get that wrong, in my opinion. And the way that they brought in these losers, like, the girl who was the head of the Britney Murphy fan club, I was just like, you know, when they had Kathy Najimy and Amy Heckerling, I was like, okay, these are actual people in the industry who knew her. That's one thing. But then they were bringing in, like, the YouTube commentators, and there were all these people where I, it just said writer, and I was like, well, what did this person write? Like, who is she, you know? Yeah, there, yeah, like, there was a couple ones, like, yeah, that I, like, I wanted to hear from, like, Kathy, and, like, the director of um, Across the Hall, like, from the- That like, was interesting, yeah. Yeah, from the last movie she was in, because it was interesting to hear from his perspective, but, yeah, the YouTube commenters and, like, the the- the leader of the fan club who said she was also best friends with her dad, like quote unquote dad, like that's, that's just scary. And no, no, thank you. (laughs) So I think with that in mind, I just want to say, you know, Minnie had pitched this episode to me long before we knew of this um, kind of somewhat ill begotten documentary. And we I can speak for myself and I think I can speak for for Minnie too. We really just want to talk about Britney as two true fans. And I, I'm, this episode is done in a total spirit of love. So I don't really want to talk about so much of the morbid stuff. I'd rather just talk about her, her career kind of, and what makes her special. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We know the story. We followed it for the last, what? That's 30 uh, years. Exactly. It feels like 30 years my whole life. Um, so so yeah. with that in mind, Minnie, how, what is your connection to Brittany Murphy? What was your uh, journey as a young Jewess? Uh, yeah, getting, it's my, getting, my journey atta- is very, attached. My journey is very um, basic uh, gay Valley girl. Like Clueless came out, which is my favorite name, favorite movie and my namesake, Minnie Horowitz after Cher Horowitz and Clueless. <laughs> And even though I'm named after Cher Horowitz, my favorite character in Clueless is Ty. Like, Brittany Murphy yeah. stole the show. It's it's a great, it's just, like, the best movie. I grew up, like, right by where Cher gets held up at gunpoint in the valley at Sacred <laughs> So I grew up by there. So that's why I'm Minnie Horowitz. But it's just, that was my introduction. And I don't know, just, like, I loved all things Valley Girl and super 
Femi and I I love like I've always been such a like let's say booger as a kid like, <laughs> like you know I was just like the little tubby gay kid running around and like I think Britney's whole transformation in that movie really like I saw to that I was like yes, yes. this is I was like this is gonna be me and honey it is <laughs> uh yeah I, let's start there um well, first of all, I want to say what I love about her is I don't think Brittany Murphy is Jewish, but I know she is Italian. Yeah. She she really has that thing of like, you know, Alicia Silverstone was really good at playing a Jewish American princess. Yeah, but but no, Brittany was like way more Jewish than her in that movie. <laughs> Brittany has that thing where I'm like, oh, I knew you in yeah. middle school. Like. I, I knew you and you were my best friend in middle school, yeah. you know? It's that, um, because she's like from Jersey, you know, like a lot of, I feel like in this, on the East Coast, especially like in New York and NYC, being Jewish and Italian and like, it kind of always meshes together. You just kind of get that weird New York accent also. <laughs> you know, it's a culture, it's a culture. And she really like, gives it um yeah, so where i want to start with britney is this i was just britney is a britney murphy is a double scorpio like uh whoopi goldberg and rupaul oh wow um, britney murphy has her sun and moon in scorpio scorpio is the sign of metamorphosis it's the sign of death and rebirth so scorpios are really all about transformation and i was just writing my piece on scorpios and scorpio has the most movie montage stars and scenes i think in history we have goldie hahn death becomes her julia roberts pretty woman anne hathaway and the princess diaries and devil wears prada um uh, rebecca romaine who plays mystique in the x-men movies who's literally a shapeshifter there were like I, I i had like a dozen of them and Brittany murphy I think like her makeover montage in Clueless is really, um, it, it's it's like this historic moment, and there's something about like these these women who are b basically able to enact this dramatic makeover montage, and then the way that we get kind of attached to who they were before the makeover like there's this thing that happens in their movies where they become high glamour by the end of the movie but then when they as stars become glamorous it's almost like we miss who they were before that makeover we miss who anne hathaway was when yeah. she was mia thermopolis and we kind of as Brittany Murphy be, tries to become and becomes more of like a mainstream romantic lead it's almost like we miss who she was when she was purely Thai, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really why I connect with characters like that also, because like they do get so, like this high glamour at the end of these movies or whatever it is, they turn into these high glamours. But I love that moment in between when they're like freaking beautiful, gorgeous, but still have this dorky ass personality or yes. like whatever it is. Cause that's what, that's what I've always loved. That's what I've, that's that's my heart you know a, like clumsy like they're always clumsy you know <laughs> yes and like I think Goldie Hawn is really the genius of all of them because Goldie Hawn did it both ways like she did the 
um, Death Becomes Her, which is like extreme glamour makeover. But she also did Private Benjamin, where she goes from being a Jewish American princess to like uh, an army recruit. So she was able to be like, I can play this both ways. I think it becomes a bit of like a prison when these stars are like, okay, I'm beautiful now. So like, I'm going to do what Hollywood wants of beautiful women. And it's like, but we miss the things that endeared you to us in the first place. I think that's what's really hard. I think that's hard for Anne Hathaway. Like, I think that's hard for a lot of these women, you know? It, yeah, it definitely happens. It's that's such a thing that happens to women in Hollywood. And that's definitely something they talked about in the documentary, which I like totally agree with. Like, you know, she was, play- Brittany Murphy was playing these like, <coughs> excuse me. She was playing these crazy roles, like where she was always the, crazy girl or the funny dorky girl i love her in um oh my god what is drop it? dead gorgeous yes drop dead gorgeous she's so funny in that and then you go into like the early 2000s when she became a blonde bombshell and started like that the height of her career was just married with ashton because that they were like the big it power couple you know yeah you know It's a transformation. It's definitely a transformation they all go through. The thing with Scorpio is that um, Scorpio rules like the Matrix. And if you think about RuPaul or Whoopi Goldberg, or if you think about Roseanne, or if you think about uh, Ryan Murphy, they kind of- double Scorpio? Roseanne is, Roseanne is, yes. That makes so much sense. (laughs) Right? And it's like, Roseanne- or Whoopi or RuPaul come out of nowhere. No one is like them. And they basically create the new matrix we all live in. You know, Whoopi Goldberg was like, no one looks like Whoopi Goldberg and no one is like, she's so indelible, but she was what I think one of the highest paid stars of the nineties. And she's the most prolific actress of the nineties. And same with like, same with RuPaul, like RuPaul, RuPaul kind of rules the universe now but it's a universe rupaul created yeah, and she i think what cream, you know exactly and with britney murphy no one is like her like when you're watching her she is completely there really is no antecedent for her and i really think like the scorpio narrative almost got cut with her which is like I think she didn't understand that she could have created a whole new mold that other people then would have copied. And I understand that like Hollywood in the 2000s was like, you know, George Bush was president. It was like the era of low rise jeans. Everything was so toxic. But like, I think she didn't understand how original she was. Yeah, she was young. She was so young. She She started making movies young. She people saw it in her though i mean i feel like i definitely saw it that's why i loved her she's just like was not there was truly nobody like her. i can't even think of a person that's like in acting capability that could have like replaced her in movies no can't even think. honestly yeah to me the only person i think is maybe goldie hahn just in terms of like every shot you're like what is she doing right now yeah. like even when she doesn't have a line you're like what's going on with you you know and I was watching a clip where they were, I was watching making of King of the Hill clips and like, even just in that interview, she is like giggly and effusive and she's not like, 
the camera is kind of like has to obey her because she's such a force, you know? Really, truly is. Yeah. I think she stole most of the screens anytime she was on camera. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Scorpio, she has her sun, moon, Venus, and Uranus in Scorpio. So a lot of her embodiment is this Scorpio thing. And Scorpio is, yes, sex, definitely, but Scorpio is also this, like, these really intense, powerful relationships. And this, there's this thing with her, I think, of extreme hyper-engagement. And I think what's hard with a lot of the romantic comedies she did was, like, the scripts, I don't, maybe the scripts or the co-leads couldn't match that intensity, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I when I like first recommended that we do something Brittany Murphy, it's because I like was went through a week where I watched like every rom-com she was in. <laughs> Just like Okay, I was, what is that like? Oh my god, they're all the same. They're all the, she's like the quirky lead girl, but she's always the best quirky lead girl. Like she's just I know. I um, know. Just Married is a great movie. I really do like that movie with her and Ashton because they just, they okay. really have a lot of chemistry in it. It's a good movie. Yeah, I, I did not even remember that they were an item. Oh my God, yeah, they were. I remember when they were an item. I was like, yeah, this is the hottest couple in Hollywood. <laughs> it, and I, okay, Demi Moore, who is also a Scorpio, like I, Scorpio is the destroyer and I do think that Demi Moore was sent to ruin the lives of younger women. Yes. And by younger women, I'm referring to Demi Moore's daughters, who I don't think will ever... Uh, how can you ever... If your mother is Demi Moore, or if your ex starts dating Demi Moore, like, how can you ever feel beautiful? Like, how can you ever recover from that? Um, I saw, speaking of <laughs> the daughters, I saw Rumor Willis in Chicago on Broadway. <laughs> when she played Roxy it was honestly it was tragic it was not good <laughs> that is so <laughs> cruel so I, I know. yeah I think Demi Moore she, she's a dementor she, like she just sucks the life out of everything she touches for sure right because she's like the she is the Scorpio sex symbol of just yeah. like I am the hottest being who has ever existed and it's like oh fuck you know what I mean mm -hmm. um so I did want to, you know, what's interesting about Brittany Murphy is um, she has Chiron. Chiron is an asteroid. Uh, Chiron is named after, in Greek mythology, the centaur who taught many of the heroes the healing arts. Chiron usually represents like a wound uh, that, that becomes like a source of strength. And Brittany Murphy has Chiron in Taurus. Taurus is the opposite of Scorpio. So Scorpio is like, uh, Taurus is all about ownership. It's owning yourself. It's, it's retaining power over yourself. And we see this kind of central wound there that's opposing all of her Scorpio energy. And I was just thinking a lot about this, this thing about not being able to own your power and not really understanding like what you have as like i i think in her head she thought i need to get into what works 
And I don't think she understood like what she had could have just rewritten everything. Yeah. Because all those other other women in that category are they really are defining. And I feel like she didn't get her defining moment. Like she really didn't get her launch off defining moment that would have solidified her career and whatnot. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of Scorpio women who get backlash, I think. And like, we think about Winona Ryder, Tara Reid. Um, and even like, we can also think about Anne Hathaway. Like, there is this thing of, you want me because I'm authentic. Then when I try to play by the rules of this system of this Hollywood thing, you don't like me because you think I'm being fake. Then when I try to like get out or like, or I go a little wild, then I get rejected for that too. And I was watching the Brittany Murphy, Paul Oakenfold music video, which oh. is like- What's it called? Uh... It's a uh, faster pussycat kill yeah, kill. Pussycat kill kill. Great. I, and I, it's I, like, <laughs> you know, that's her trying to have like a bad girl image, and it's like, oh, she really, I think, was trying to find a role that had already been set, and I don't think she understood that, like, it was it was up to her to own her originality completely, and then the world would have bowed to her. Yeah, you know, I agree. She did not fit into any of those categories. Tried them all. She was her own, yeah, she was her own category. She she was pent across the boards in her own category. Yeah, um, she had Mercury in Sagittarius um, and she had Neptune in Sagittarius, but that Mercury in Sagittarius to me is a lot of that like pushing things, pushing the boundaries of every scene you're in, kind of taking the material you're given and like really blowing it apart, which I love. Um, I wanted to talk about her as a member of Gen X. Yeah. Brittany Murphy, I think Clueless is the definitive Gen X movie. Yeah, right? definitely. And Brittany Murphy is Pluto and Libra. So Pluto was in the sign of Libra between 1971 and 1984. So a lot of people in Gen X have this kind of placement so when you think of these outer planets that move really slowly they often can signify a lot of the um, traits of a generation so minnie and i are pluto and scorpio um pluto is the planet of death rebirth it's the ruler of the underworld minnie and i are in the millennial generation so a lot of what our generation in scorpio is about is about like power dynamics, exposing abuse, like all of these buried subterranean traumas. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, Brittany is in Gen X. Gen X is Pluto and Libra. So what does that mean? If you think about Libra as this sign that's all about like perfection and the Garden of Eden and like if you find the right husband, you're going to be together forever. That generation was very much about like fucking up their parents' idea of perfection. That generation was very much about like we want to be messy. So if you think about Kurt Cobain, Gwen Stefani, um, and really also like Ty and Breck and Meyer and Clueless. Clueless is this comedy of manners and they're both like these skaters who wear flannel. So she really is this like ideal Pluto and Libra 
representative that Pluto is trining Neptune, she's really able to bring that into the consciousness. But if you think about Libra, there's still a binary. And I think of when, when we think about Gwen Stefani, it's this Gen X has this real, and I want to know your thoughts about this, Minnie. Gen X is really complicated because they were these rebels, but in a lot of ways, they were rebelling on a binary. And a lot of them who were like fucking up what their parents thought of as like the right way to be in be or the right America, they eventually ended up kind of circling back to that. And now Gwen Stefani is married to Blake Shelton. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah, like super Christian now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like there's there's kind of a limit there where it's like a binaristic rebellion. Yeah. And I think I think that spells out a lot of a lot of Brittany Murphy's kind of journey, which is like, I am known as this rebel in the 90s, but then in the 2000s, I feel like I have to conform again. You yeah. Know? I, you know, I feel like it's because, and yeah, that is such a thing that Gen X does. And I feel, I feel like it's because they're just trying to have fun. I feel like for them, it's a moment Ooh. in time. Like, that's why it's a moment in time. They're like, I'm going to do this for a bit. And then I'm going to like settle down and, you know, white picket fence and all that. That's how I yes. feel. That's right. You know, maybe that was, is maybe that was kind of her downfall is that she at the, at the end wanted this idea of family or like this idea of no, like being normal and, you know, and that's what I think is we don't want that. I don't want for our, for our generation. I'm like, no, I'm going to be like this forever. <laughs> yeah, I think our generation is like, I want it, but it's gone. It's not possible. It never existed. And then I think the Gen Z kids who are Pluto and Sag are like Sagittarian, like, I'm an idealist, like, let's create something new and better. You know what I mean? But each has its own flaws, kind of. I don't know if music just cut in there for some reason. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think our generation is just like, um, I, I don't even know what like the Rome, I, I guess our generation, it's like euphoria, uh, or I, I'm even trying to think about like what those defining things are for our generation or like maybe even Mean Girls, which which was big for our generation. And Mean Girls is so much about like, it, it's a very different kind of makeover montage. And it's very yeah. much about like power and corruption. And theirs, it really was like this comedy of manners and this thing about like, um, about, you know, this girl who's different, who then is able to like, be valued for that but in the end how far could that go you know yeah like i always lean towards the gen x movies of like makeover montage like my yeah. favorite my literal f three favorite movies are heather's jawbreaker and clueless like those are the, the like mean girls that <laughs> and i think all those movies paved the way for mean girls to happen i agree and I don't, I don't even know what the next one would be. We don't have that yet. I don't think, I don't think we have that yet. I know. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think the next one is something in the like euphoria realm where it's Yeah, like, it definitely is. It's not euphoria, it's, but euphoria is definitely the next defining generational um, show, let's say. Like, yeah. In, in euphoria. That's what I put them in the same category. 
I definitely think it's a similar cultural moment to the 90s because of new technology. Like the 90s, it was MTV culture, and now it's like phone culture or yeah, whatever, TikTok, where or teenagers are, we, we know that teenagers are more powerful than anyone else. And like, yeah. so, so I do think it's probably a similar moment to Clueless and Jawbreaker in terms of like, the teens the teen and even scream which is like my favorite which is like oh yeah teenagers are now fully capable of anything and can do anything and like um we should all kind of be afraid yeah we really should be afraid <laughs> or they might save us i think in our case maybe they'll they'll save us um i hope so yeah, it might be like a Batgirl, Supergirl thing where it's like, oh, look, they can change the world. Um, Brittany Murphy had, uh, I think Minnie probably has this placement. I have this placement um, where we have Jupiter and Cancer. Jupiter is your planet of expansion and life experience. And it's in Cancer, which is this sign of like, I'm going to my heart will bleed i'm gonna give of myself totally and i think that's what we loved about her and she also had this venus in scorpio which is like I, it's very much like i want to fall in love and i want to be buried in the same coffin like it's this intense romance and i can see how that can be very hard i think it's like what made her so spectacular and i can also see how that could be really hard um, and like very deceiving. Um, and the other thing with Brittany Murphy is that she had her, and this I think is key, she had her Mars and Saturn in Leo. Leo is the sign of kind of star power, performativity, creative expression. It's kind of like your, your originality, your gift. So she had these two really big planets there and she had her Saturn return from 2005 through 2007 in Leo. And Leo, you can think about as like, it's the king of the Zodiac. It has all these, this power. It wants the world to see it. It wants to be affirmed, but it's really myopic. Um, it's really, it's so much about, I see the world as myself. I see the world entirely from a very self defining point of view and i think her saturn return was like saturn is the planet of blindness and when you ask these questions of self-definition it's almost like her saturn return and we're, we're thinking about what limited her scope that held her back from the same scope that someone like rupaul or ryan murphy or roseanne had i think she didn't understand the possible the possibilities of expanding her brand or what she could do. And I think she really had a very limited scope of self-definition, which was like, I'm an actress. I can act in these sorts of things. This is what's available to me. And I, I wish I, 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 you know, maybe I'm being an idealist, but I wish that she could have been the sort of actress who understood like, girl, start your own production company. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I really, I honestly really feel feel with that because like I've had all those thoughts, like even with drag and like what I can do and what 
where I can go from here. Cause you always, I always want to like, you know, try to further and better my art and my creative self. And that's definitely why I lean towards her. And like, even as a, let's say a cautionary tale, because I love her so much. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want that to happen. And I don't want that to happen to anybody because it really does limit your creative capability. And like, I, I mean, yeah. got it. I truly, I just will get stoned to be like, think of how far she could have gone, like literally. Right. And it's like, I don't want to pretend like things are so much better now because I don't think they are. But like, you know, Margot Robbie has her own production company. Reese Witherspoon has like, you know, and at least it's that thing of like, they get to have a little more say. And I wish, I don't know, it's interesting you bring up drag because I do think for a lot of drag queens, there is like a set path that they think there is. And a lot, you know, Definitely. We, yeah. you know, the commercial way would be like, I do drag in my hometown. I get big, I better my art. And then I go on drag race. And it's like, luckily right. nowadays, nowadays, it's definitely not like that. You can do so many things with your drag now, just like you could, there is definitely so many things you can do within like the actors world. Like there, everybody is starting their own production company, but um, you know, there's still a lot of limits. There's still for everybody. And it's really hard. Like, I, you know, I have a, a friend of mine who's a queen was sending in auditions and to Drag Race and it it wasn't working. And she actually came to the point of like, well, maybe I meant to create my own TV show. And I think like that takes a lot of chutzpah and that's like yeah, very really? scary. And it's like, I think, yeah, when you're like an actress in Hollywood in the 2000s and your options are like be on the cover of maxim get anorexic and just like play you know be blonde i think it's really hard to defy that and Mm -hmm. it takes it takes like luck chutzpah and uh, really like balls to to go against that Mm -hmm. that type um and and i love that kathy najimi was in the documentary because Kathy Najimy, I'm like, girl, I wish you had, I wish you had seen Kathy Najimy and Bette Midler and understood, like Bette Midler to me is very similar to Brittany Murphy. Definitely. And, she, de- she defined her own career for sure. And I, I wish Brittany Murphy had been like, oh, I, I get it. Like yeah. no one is Bette Midler and I could be that, you know, but it's, it's, so much was uh, stacked against her, I think. Yeah. Kathy was really like the saving grace of the documentary. Like I really like that. She she gave it from like a, this was my close friend perspective. Like I really loved her. I wish I could have done more. And I'm like, well, Oof. you know what? That must be must be so hard on her too. Yeah, that that was very real. Um and ugh, yeah, it, it was just brutal. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I, I guess I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, her Saturn return really makes sense because her Saturn return was 2005 to 2007. And that is when we start seeing the roles changing. Yeah, that, those are um, like the rom-com roles. Yeah, and it's like she had done Sin City and then it just kind of starts to drop from there. It goes into like this, a bit of a nadir. Um, 
Yeah, I guess I'm curious, like, what you think. Um, and we did this in the Aaliyah episode where we were like, where would Aaliyah be now? And I guess I'm curious, like, what you think Brittany Murphy would be doing or would have done now. God, it's a, that's such a crazy question. I hope she would, yeah. well, if, like, if to put it in, like, simple terms, I hope she would just have the best like crime drama show on Netflix. I yes. Know. I feel like she could have like, I think, I don't know. She could have gone so many ways. She could have been funny, but also like a hard hitting older woman. Now at the time she would not be older, but like what in her forties, she'd be like mid forties or something. So, or yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I feel like she could have, I'm trying to com- like, see what I can, like, you know, compare. to me, I mean, there's a few things like, first of all, you know, we had the Judy Garland biopic, and then apparently Nicole Kidman might play Lucille Ball, and I'm like, oh, Brittany Murphy would have taken those. Yes, yeah, like, she definitely, she definitely could have been like, I could have seen her as like a character actress too, like which I never feel like she really did. Like she was, I don't know, she's. I I also feel like because it would have, she would have been more older. I would have liked to see her in like roles like Winona Ryder in Stranger Things like that yeah. freaking psycho mother like I want yes. that like, that's what I also see for her you know it's interesting another Scorpio that I haven't brought up is Parker Posey oh, and wow. yes. <laughs> there's a lot of similarity there um and you know when we talk about the Matrix Parker Posey her book is I find pretty harrowing and there's a lot of parts in Parker Posey's book about how how much studio executives like truly hated her and how Parker Posey's when Parker Posey got Blade Blade 3 she was like I don't want to do a vampire movie this is so stupid and Parker Posey's manager was like Parker we really need you to like play along because everyone is angry at you and what happens in Parker Posey's career is like, for some reason, Parker Posey just can't fake it. And she really just like can't act the way that they want her to act. And she often just kind of like walks away and like leaves Hollywood for periods of time. And there's something similar there with Brittany Murphy where I'm like, I think they have a similar thing. And I think Brittany Murphy was like, I'm just going to try harder to fit in. And Parker Posey was like, I can't even, <laughs> like, I can't even fake it, you know? Yeah. No, I definitely think she was like uh, wanting to fit in, wanting to make everybody happy, which I think is, I get that. Like, you know, people want to make people happy. And she did some terrible ass movies because she was forced to and like you know she didn't get a say but i i would hope that if she was still here she would have been able to play some good roles like i could see some really good comedy roles like you know she I, you know what i would have loved to see britney murphy play with like melissa mccarthy <laughs> like that i agree a great dynamic like i just think she could have been playing up there with the best of them you know i agree i could see her as the villain in a Melissa McCarthy movie. Yes, totally. You know? Yeah. And like, even the, did you see the the Kristen Wiig movie, the Barb and Star oh, movie? Are you kidding? Barb and Star is literally like my favorite movie that came out last year. I think it's genius. And I was just going to say that. I could see her as the villain in that too. I 
could not believe how much I liked it because it reminded me of those movies from the 90s where I was like, oh, this is actually funny. Yeah, like it was um, very Austin Powers type yeah. of humor. Yeah. Oh, it's, I think it's a genius movie. <laughs> I love and it so much. I could see her doing, like, uh, yeah, I and but I agree, like, I could definitely see her getting also, like, an Amy Adams uh, HBO crime drama where she has to go all the fucking way yeah you know, and they're like she's an alcoholic yeah. who's like tried to kill herself and now she's got to solve a mystery and it's like oh she would tear that yeah i, I really yeah i agree she oh gosh god yep she could have done a lot i agree i'll do <laughs> it i'm taking over i'm gonna i'm gonna be the next britney fine if you have to you'll take it you're get doing it, it for so. the good of man yeah get on the phone Get them on the horn. Um, I guess I'm wondering if you have any closing thoughts on this uh, on this bright light. Um, let's. I just think she's an amazing person. I'm glad we got to. I've like. I've. I've always just like come back to her movies. Like, say I. I don't know what to watch. I'll put on some dumb rom com or like. I'll never tell. Like. Oh my god. Also, like the way I think really what it is about is like the way she delivered lines. Like, you're a virgin who can't drive. Like the the delivery aspect of it is like how I want to deliver my jokes. How I want to if I ever act. How I want. I I look up to that. I think she really. Has had a capability she didn't fully see, like you said, that really a lot of us saw and really just helped me be a queer person. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to say with the Scorpio aspect of like Scorpio, the planet, the sign of truth and intensity, you know, even her line in Drop Dead Gorgeous of Peter's gay dad, gay! Yeah. It, like, <laughs> you're just like, what just happened you know it's so real and like her performance in girl interrupted i think girl interrupted is really like actually it's kind of like angelina jolie is incandescent and she takes that movie angelina jolie like it's just very good acting and it's angelina jolie like fucking with the camera Brittany murphy i'm like oh, you really are this girl. Like, it's it's true. Like, it's true that you are this girl who's addicted to rotisserie chicken. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she might not like get all, like, especially in those years, not have gotten all these, the main character, the main role in that, but she all, always got the hardest lines or the best lines in the movie or the right. best character. And like, that's really what made her stand out. Like, she always got these, side characters that were fucking brought to the front because of her capability like amazing oh so good yeah it's very it's very similar to ghost where Whoopi goldberg is like the supporting actress who's then like actually i'm gonna tear this so hard yeah. that you're gonna give me an oscar yeah um, totally <laughs> uh and like even like i yeah like even in the height of her career like eight mile like she stole that like you know she was so fucking good in that movie you know, I, I, I do want to point out uh, you're, she would right now be having uh, she was born with Uranus in Scorpio. Scorpio is the planet. Uh, Uranus is the planet of like chaos, change, upheaval. And she had it right on her son, which makes sense because she was very. I think at the core of her is like 
she isn't like other girls in Hollywood of like, she's like loud. She has this incredible laugh. Like she doesn't act like the other ingenues Mm -hmm. and Uranus is currently in Taurus. So it's 180 degrees opposite. She would be going through her Uranus opposition. What does that mean? A Uranus opposition, we think about people in their 40s, either having a midlife crisis or like a a very prolific 40s. So we think about Oscar Wilde's 40s was a big Uranus opposition. Uh, Britney Spears is entering her Uranus opposition in about two or three years. So I know. So get ready. Brittany Murphy, I think it this documentary is coming out pretty much just right on her Uranus opposition, which makes sense that she would be getting this like, especially because Uranus is in Taurus, which is the sign of ownership. So it makes sense that right now, culturally, she's having a bigger reclamation. I think if she were alive, she would probably be winning an Oscar this year. Yeah, totally. She could have been. But, a- yeah. She could have been an EGOT because she was, you know, she wanted to like, she first started out like musicals and stuff. I would have loved more music. I would have loved to see her on Broadway. I could see them being like, we're doing a sweet charity revival. And oh, Brittany totally. Murphy's going to be in she it. Would, that is, that's the only person that role could go to. I totally right. agree. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, go for it. So I think because we're in this opposition, this moment of, your life kind of getting flipped and reclaimed. Hopefully we'll get with this documentary, hopefully that'll lead to a bigger celebration because I think that really in the years after her death, it was like, she's a cautionary tale, like don't do drugs, whatever. And now we at least get this reclamation of her worth and her value and like what she gave, Mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah. and hopefully, yeah, hopefully, like, the Gen Z girls can be inspired and become totally. the next one. Yeah, for all the people listening, like, that want to watch the documentary, go ahead and watch it. Just, like, take it with a grain of salt that, you know, it's not, it's just painting her as a, it's another cautionary tale, I feel, the documentary, you know? And I don't want to yeah. say, I, like, I agree, you know, take it as a celebration that she was one of the best. You could be one of the best. I, yeah. I, I like thinking of it that way. Um, so I would say if if you are looking for Brittany Murphy films to watch, I would say Dropped It Gorgeous, Clueless. Um, I would say Girl Interrupted is yeah, like... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and what else would you recommend? Um, in terms of like her rom-com years, which were definitely not the best, but I really... Just Married's really good. Um, okay. Which one I really like that's terrible. What's the one where she's in England and she has brown hair again and like an English Oh, word? is that Black Book? Little, that's Little Black Book. Little I Black think. Book. I think that's that one. And like, honestly, just for her doing an English accent is worthy of it watching it. Uh, uh, yeah, like, tear it. She plays like an American <laughs> who's lived in England too long that she like kind of takes on the accent. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. But there, you know... <laughs> um across the halls not terrible i didn't okay and i'd say watch it because it's like her last movie (laughs) and i think it's important to watch it but um good to know i never saw sin i never got through sin city because it was too scary for me oh i loved Um, it i really love it that was her like i'm a blonde bombshell moment like it's a it's a good movie she's great in it Especially in that time period, like a film noir, very 20s, she plays like she is that hot girl in the 
in their like twenties, like the sex symbol, like that. you know, she could have she could have done anything. She really okay. was just amazing. And then I always say, which is truly a terrible movie, but Ramen Girl. She did a movie called <laughs> Ramen Girl. It's so bad. It's really bad. I've watched it. That is one of those movies that Amazon Prime is always like, you should watch this. And it's like, should I? What is this? Where did you find, you know, like, what's going on? Yeah, it's a really pretty bad movie. Like, she's a girlfriend who moves to Japan to be with her boyfriend and then gets dumped and stuck in Japan. And she learns the art of ramen. Like, like she's definitely done some booger movies in her career. (laughs) I would definitely say don't say a word because when I was in sixth grade, that line delivery in school, we would say it every day. Like I I and my friends would say that. I'll never tell. Uh yeah, definitely. Who else is in that? Who's the other big actor in that? Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Douglas. I'm like, really? Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was like when she started kind of like heading down, like the the yeah the, yeah the roller coaster hit its peak, and then she started to fall a little. Oh, she's with Famke Jensen in that, who's also a Scorpio. Wow, oh, I have a lot to say that. about Scorpios, which we'll get into. I love Famke. Um, <laughs> she's so big for me. Um, okay, Minnie, you know, for for the listeners around the world, where can people be following you? And oh, you here? can follow me on Instagram at Spooky Toots. That's S P O O K Y T O O T S. You know what it is. I can't change my name. I won't. It's always going to be Spooky Toots. People call me at. And um, yeah, come to some shows. I'm in Brooklyn. You know where it is. I I think my listeners know this because I did talk about my Bushwick experience, but your Lady Gaga um, fame live medley was one of the best live performances I've ever seen. And I'll I'll never forget it. Thank you. Oh, you know what? I don't think I told you this yet, which you will love and hopefully your listeners will love. On November 28th, we're going to have our second annual Rihanna. So come through. <gasps> it's an all Hanukkah party, full Rihanna, full Rihanna numbers. Rihanna, <laughs> she has risen. So get ready. It'll be at Come On Everybody. I'll be there. Uh, iconic. <laughs> yes, um, Minnie. Thank you, my darling, for doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me. I love you. I love you too. The Luminaries is made with love in New York City. Be a mitzvah angel and leave a rating and review on iTunes and do subscribe and share. You can book your own reading, catch up on the pod, and read my latest articles at davidodyssey.com and learn more about my upcoming astrology course and live shows on Instagram david underscore odyssey or by emailing me at adavidodyssey at gmail.com we made it baby see you next time mwah